You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 521, The Superboy Chronicles, Save Superboy or Die. Episode 521 of Leech of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am Camping Kid, because as you hear this, well, it depends on when you hear this. I mean, presumably, if you were listening to it like a, a year later, you might be, um, I might actually be camping again. Wouldn't be still, because we're only going for a couple of days, so it's, it's all good. It's all good, and I'm sure we will have had a very nice time. All right, so going to get into a couple of issues of Superboy, and then we'll be back with the saga, saga, saga next week. So, uh, Superboy, New Adventures of Superboy, Superboy number 32. Um, color, the cover is by Gil Kane and Frank Giachoya. Um, around this time, uh, Gil Kane started doing a lot of covers uh, for DC. Um, Ed Hannigan was kind of the guy just before that, but... Uh, I probably would be for a little bit after that as well. Uh, he was the sort of the uh, de facto art director. Um, and so uh, Gil Kane did a bunch of covers uh, around around this point. Um, most of them he would actually ink himself, and he usually inked himself using markers, like um, felt-tip markers. And uh, so it gave a really interesting uh, sort of textural look, which I, uh, and I've said this on the show before, I couldn't stand it when I was a kid. Now I love it. Love it. Um, all right, so this has Superboy being held by a revenge squad killer, and it says that nobody can save him. Well, nobody except there's a whole bunch of people in behind. Um, so uh, we see Superboy um, flying out of the sky, and people on the street are looking, saying, who's that falling out of the sky? Land sakes, it's Superboy. He's fought the revenge squad and lost. Ever since its formation, the Superboy Revenge Squad has sought to bring down, or bring about the downfall of the Teen of Steel. But now, in a sudden and surprising switch in tactics, this ruthless band of interstellar criminals has come to Earth to save Superboy or die. Um, so it is um, uh, written by Carrie Bates. Uh, they've misspelled Kurt Schaffenberger's name. He is the artist. It looks like he did pencils and ink, so they just have him listed as Schaffenberger. I know that Ben Oda is the letterer, and I always remember Dick Giordano's, um, because, you know, when do I get pass up a chance to m- mention a meanwhile column? But when he uh, uh, eulogized uh, Ben Oda in the comics, uh, one of the things he mentioned was that, that yeah, uh, Ben, you know, he used to get some stuff wrong when because they would usually send him the rush jobs. Uh, but he did do fine work, so uh, much respect there. Uh, so this one uh, is cover date August of 1982. Um, and uh, Julie Schwartz is the editor, uh, Jerry Serpy, the colorist, and as the aforementioned Ben Oda is the letterer. Um, so we see a spaceship uh, that is flying toward Earth, and, uh, and it, it lands near Smallville. Shocking. Uh, Pete uh, Ross and Clark Kent are uh, on a hike, um, and this thing kind of goes past them, and uh, you know, Clark sees this. And he's, he's, you know, thinking, great Scott, my telescopic vision shows a UFO landing behind those distant trees. But how do I look it over without letting Pete know? And of course, but Pete knows, right? And so he always uh, works to uh, get him out of a jam. So he stops so they can take a swim. And 
And Clark says, uh, no, thanks, Pete. I'd just as soon stay here and catch my breath. And he said, I'd figured, Car- think, and Pete thinks to himself, I figured Clark would take advantage of this out I'm giving him. Um, and of course, Clark just looks at it as a lucky break. Because for a guy with super intelligence, he missed that one all the time. Um, anyway, so um, he takes off to check out the UFO and he finds it. Um, and... Uh, <clears throat> he looks and it looks like the ship is starting to heat up into a critical overload. Uh, he doesn't see anyone above it, uh, it in there, so he takes it up and up, up and away, of course. And um, and of course, Pete. Uh, in case we didn't already get it, uh, Pete says uh, or thinks to himself, "My pal doesn't know that I too spotted that UFO about the same time he did, which is why I deliberately took a dive into the lake so he could check it out as Superboy." Yeah. Anyway, then it blows up, um, and Superboy's fine. And uh, I guess we're not too worried about all the shrapnel. Um, so he heads back to the lake, and there's Pete. And uh, so off they go. They've got to hike another five miles before turning back. Uh, meanwhile, light years away, a gargantuan alien vessel maintains an earthbound course. The reconnaissance of our situation has left us with no alternative. It is imperative we seek out Superboy as quickly as possible. Then the dread contingency we feared before we commenced this journey has come to pass. I suspect so, Moot. As much as it will clash against our nature and our very reason for existence, we must deal with our archenemy in the manner which would be totally reprehensible under normal circumstances. One of the other guys says, Perhaps it is best that Tron um, opted to decline this mission and return to our home planet, knowing the depth of his hatred for Superboy. The very mention of of his impending deed uh, was driving him to uncontrollable rage. And the other guy says, Agreed. We have no use for Tron's kind. Um... So he says, if ever our squad is to succeed in its ultimate goal, it must function as a harmonious single entity for revenge. Dissension with our own ranks will not be tolerated. As you say, sire, we are better off without Tron. So back on Earth, uh, Clark's alarm goes off, and um, he was actually surprised that he actually overslept the alarm. So he hurries to get ready, and uh, but he feels a little off. You know, he feels like he, you know, that burst of super speed kind of overexerted him. Um, but, you know, he realizes that his pulse is returning to normal. Uh, so shortly after this, he um, heads off to school, catches up and tries to catch up to Clark or to Pete and Lana. And he's, uh, you know, struggling to do so. Um, so he doesn't show up to class. Uh, he, it looks like he'd gone to the administration office. And uh, but it was really just a chance to get away. Um, and do his thing. So he says, it's never easy to get away when my supervision spots a distant crisis during school hours, but today I lucked out. The emergency struck between classes. And we see a um, lunar landing module, um, you know, space capsule. Uh, looks like it's a, it's a Gemini uh, a capsule. And, um, and down it is falling. And so he's just trying to help them because I guess there something's wrong with their heat shield, and uh, Superboy's gonna take care of that with some super breath. But then he's feeling pain, and uh, and he says, "Oh no, the capsule's starting to burn up again." But I'm still way too weak to help out with super breath. I gotta try with something else. And so he grabs his um, cape and uses that to um, uh, to basically act as super insulation, and then they're able to parachute down. And uh, they say, this is one for the books. We made it all the way to Splashdown without a heat shield. And the cockpit temperature isn't even one degree above normal. It's a miracle we aren't a pair of ashes by now. Um, And the uh, Superboy thinks, the astronauts are out of danger and the Navy ships are about to rendezvous with them right on schedule. No reason for me to hang around. Besides, Clark Kent is late for six-period study hall. And um, so he leaves and... uh, 
we see um, a mysterious thing uh, saying how ironic under normal circumstances we would be rejoicing and this is of course the ship of the uh, aforementioned revenge squad um, in the sudden debilitation of Superboy in a stress situation but considering our present plight this spells disaster the invisible modus scans we conducted moments uh, ago leave no doubt. Superboy has been victimized by an insidious weapon of non-earthly origin. That our worst fears have been re realized. Trone had secretly, secretly journeyed to Earth ahead of us. Uh, to Earth. Uh, anyway, says, determined to wreak his own personal vengeance on the Kryptonian, knowing full well such actions at this time would endanger the rest of us and sabotage the success of our mission. So they're mad at Tron, basically. Um, so uh, Superboy back in his room um, is just trying to figure out what's going on. So he, he takes the, uh, the super breath out for a spin, and um, he's feeling ma pretty major pain. His lungs gave out uh, even quicker than before. So um, uh, Martha and Jonathan hear the thud from his room in the desk lands again because he was kind of using it to put, make his desk float. Um, anyway, so he says, uh, so then his uh, police lamp uh, went on and it's Ch the Chief Parker summoning Superboy. So uh, he changes and he gets ready to go. Uh, meanwhile, nearby, uh, Clark, uh, Pete, I keep saying that, Pete and Lana are walking along and she's, you know, complaining about, uh, I should, you know, she says, I should have looked uh, those at uh, these notes Clark loaned me over, this, over before study hall was over. He gave me geometry instead of world history. What a klutz. And Pete says, don't be so hard on him, Lana. Anyone can make a mistake. And uh, so Clark's trying to uh, get out of the window, but uh, he, yeah, he's struggling. And um, and Lana's, not, uh, you know, she's kind of looking that way. Um, she says, I suppose you're right, Pete. I'm uptight about being unprepared for tomorrow's history quiz. I shouldn't be taking out it on Clark. On Clark. And he says, uh-oh, can't let Lana see what I can. So he trips her. <laughs> And uh, away he flies, and then uh, you know Clark sees them there and thinks, "Oh no, Lana and Pete." But it's okay uh, because you know he's like, "Wow, what luck!" Um, Lana lost her footing, and Pete bent down to help her get up, uh, keeping them from seeing me flying out of Clark Kent's window. Oh, Clark! So he flies. He sees uh, he sees um, a thief uh, holding a gun on Chief Parker, uh, someone he'd arrested several days before. So he goes to use his heat vision to melt the barrel of the gun before he flies in there, but something's wrong again. He says, I misdirected the heat beam and set fire to the police station's roof. Um, and so uh, he you know, falls through the, uh, the ceiling, and um, fortunately his invulnerability still seems to be there. Um, it says, uh, uh, he, Chief Parker says, Superboy, what an entrance! And then the guy starts shooting at him, as they do, and... Um, and, you know, Superboy, he, he takes it. Um, um, anyway, but while, while he's struggling to his feet, uh, Parker takes out the, uh, the thief. Um, so um, the flames uh, that were on the roof have been fixed up by the Revenge Squad. Um, and Parker is, uh, is concerned about Clark's well-being, um, wondering if he's been exposed to kryptonite. Anyway, so Superboy comes around and he's like, hmm. The flames have disappeared. Um, he says the disappearance of the flames is still a mystery, but this reason for my superpower troubles is directly above, directly above me. That alien spacecraft. I'd recognize those markings anywhere. Those of the Superboy Revenge Squad. My power blackouts must be the result of their latest anti-weapon. 
And so um, he goes flying up to them. They say, hey, he's noticed us. And uh, they fire a repulsor beam because, um, yeah. Anyway, you know, the he says, uh, they say, you know, if we told Superboy we were here to ensure that no serious harm befalls him, he would only scoff and accuse us of laying a trap. Um, so anyway, so they're trying to find the, uh, uh, the traitorous tro- Tron drone whatever whatever you say that um and they're trying to find him but they're having trouble and uh and superboy falls to earth and he wakes up and uh he's just like this is brutal uh he says all these superpower problems i've been having are they're doing uh now that i know who's behind the the, this diabolical scheme the next step is to figure out how they've managed to handicap me maybe i should good grief it really is you superboy there's pete uh, he comes in to check on him and uh, says, you were falling so fast. All I saw was a red and blue blur, but I decided to check it out just to be safe. Are you okay? And he says, I've had, be- had better days. And uh, he says, gosh, Superboy, I didn't think there was anything on earth that could knock you for a loop. One more favor, Pete. I'd be grateful if you didn't mention the way you found me here to anyone else. People might start to worry. I read you. If there's ever anything I can do, or if there's anything else I can do to help. He says, I appreciate the, officer, the offer, Pete. But this is one problem I can so- only solve myself. But after the faltering teen of steel takes to the skies, a sinister smile crosses the face of the figure left behind. Uh, Pete has this this sort of smirk on his face. And he says, Neither Superboy nor my Revenger brothers have any inkling that I secretly abandoned my spacecraft, landed on Earth, and hid away the real Pete Ross. While I, Tron, have taken undetectably taken his place. Every moment I am in the presence of the Kryptonian and his Superboy and Clark Kent identities, he weakens more and more. While the other uh, Revengers defile our code, the code of our squad, by trying to save our youthful nemesis, I, Trone, will go through down in an interstellar history as the assassin who murdered Superboy. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move to issue thirty-three, and um, and and take it from there. All right, so um, issue thirty-three, September nineteen eighty-two. Carrie Bates, uh, art by Kurt Schaffenberger, letters this time by Milt Snappen, colorist is Jerry Serpy, and the editor is, of course, Julius Schwartz. All right, so they're basically saying how, uh, you know, Superboy can't seem to even keep up with the birds. Um, his de- condition is deteriorating even as we speak. So they're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and so, again, he's feeling rough. He flies in through the, uh, the trap door and uh, can barely climb out of, this, out, out of the secret tunnel. And so he he finally confesses to uh, to Pa Kent what's been going on, and so they bring in Martha and she says, "Land sakes, Clark, are you sure you haven't been around any green kryptonite recently?" Positive. Besides, what I've been feeling is nothing like the pain from a green K attack. When the attacks hit, it's like every cell in my body suddenly conks out. He says, "Uh huh, Mother and I know that feeling, son. At our age, there's hardly a spare part in the body that doesn't ache at a moment's notice." Uh, meanwhile, back. Um, huh. Back above, um, it turns out the uh, the Superboy Revenge Squad warship is maintaining a fixed orbit, twenty two thousand three hundred miles above Earth. You know, much like the JLA satellite used to, uh, and the, but this one is maintaining the fixed orbit above uh, Smallville. So they say once more, we must use our instruments to sweep through Smallville again. Already, we have conducted three motor scans to no available to no avail. Nevertheless, Superboy's grave condition verifies the presence of Trone, the traitor who defected from the squad. He has to be lurking somewhere in Smallville to carry out his insidious revenge plot against the Kryptonian. Um, anyway, so the, you know they're still looking for him, and they're not having much luck. Uh, meanwhile, there is a cave with uh, 
uh, cage door over it, and that is where Pete is. Um, he, he was. It's been make. He's bolted to the ground. You know, kind of um, like ropes around uh, around stakes, essentially, uh, and uh, on his legs and uh, arms. And so there's three uh, stalactites hanging over him. And he says, "Trump made it clear that if I so much as twitch a muscle, these stalactites." Uh, he energized will come hurtling down at me like missiles. So I fought back the only way I knew how, with my brain. It all began a couple of days ago, when I was taking a dip in Bowman's Lake, watching Superboy take off to the sky, not suspecting I was about to be abducted by an alien assassin bent on destroying my super pal. Um, so next thing he knows, uh, he wakes up um, in the cave, um, with his mind being probed by a weird gizmo. And basically, Trome was scanning every memory he had pertaining to Superboy, which meant that he surely picked on the fact that I know Clark Kent is Superboy's secret identity. Um, although I was helpless to resist, there was still one precaution I could take, one secret strategy I hoped would tip off Superboy to the alien's lethal game plan. So, but that was over 50 hours ago, and I'm still helpless with no sign of Superboy showing up to rescue me. What if my warning strategy has failed? What if Superboy won't figure it out until it's too late? Trone kept using the word revenge when he was gloating over his plan to me. Has he killed? No, I mustn't think it. Uh, meanwhile, um, Jonathan and Martha are talking to Clark, saying, Are you sure you feel up to going to school this morning, son? A few minutes ago, you couldn't walk without wincing. These attacks surely uh, begin end as suddenly as they begin. I'm fine for now. She says, well, besides, I can't let this dilemma, or he says, uh, besides, I can't let this dilemma disrupt Clark Kent's uh, life without jeopardizing my uh, double identity. Try not to worry too much. I better get going or I'll be late. So off he goes. Uh, Pete shows up, says, hi, buddy. You must have x-ray vision or something. I was about to ring your bell just to see if you'd left. No offense, Clark, but have you been getting enough sleep lately? You've been looking a bit ragged the past few days. And he says, oh, I didn't think it was showing. I guess I might be coming down with something, this being flu season and all. Well, it's no wonder. Everybody at school knows your resistance has been down ever since you got picked up by that UFO last year and examined by those alien sci scientists. Um, even the school doctor said their gizmos somehow screwed up your immunity system. Remember? He says, how could I forget? And since we're both late this morning, what, take, what say we take our shortcut to school? You know, through the woods. Sure, Clark. Lead the way. And um, they've just, they're detecting these bio, microscopic biotraces of his species, of Trone species, but they think they'll be able to locate it soon. Uh, Clark says, this ought to do it. We've gone far enough. What are you talking about, Clark? Smallville High is still another half mile away. I think it's time we had a talk, old buddy, and I know just how to get this conversation off to the right start. And he says, and how's that? Like this, that's how. And he punches Pete right in the face and... He goes against a tree and breaks it down. Um, that super punch would have killed the real Pete Ross, but you aren't even bruised, whoever you are. It would appear my ruse is at an end, Superboy. Something must have alerted you to the deception. He says, Clark Kent was never picked up and examined on a UFO. That remark immediately made me suspicious, so I took a closer look at you with X-ray vision. And what I saw was an alien being beneath an uncanny aura which was projecting a flawless illusion of Pete Ross. He says, I see. Your friend Ross had created a false memory when I was scanning his mind for information about you. A gambit calculated to put you on the alert. Since you are shedding your disguise, I will dispense with mine. And uh, he says that he's Trone, a member of a once mighty warrior race, until you battled in, us in space and, and uh, dismantled our proud fleet. That skirmish was years ago, yet you're still out to even the score? Of course, I should have known. You're a member of the Superboy Revenge Squad. I spotted your ship hovering over Smallville yesterday. Tell me where I can find the real Pete Ross before I show you what a Kryptonian revenge is all about. He says, think again, Superboy. He says, oh no, not now. I was wondering how long it would take you to feel the effects of my presence this time. You see, there's a reason I chose to impersonate the Earthling Pete Ross. 
by choosing your best friend, I could remain in close pro uh, proximity to you in both your identities without arousing undue suspicion. It says, y you have been the cause of these fatigue attacks from the start. Correct, correct, Kryptonian. Before I arrived on your planet, I fortified myself with a unique radiation of my own discovery. Thus, every time I was in your presence in my Pete Ross skies, you were being subjected to an ever-increasing dosage. Dosage of what exactly? What have you done to me? He says, a fair question, Superboy. Though you, is, though you are a Kryptonian, you and most of these Earth creatures share an important organ in, co in common, the thymus gland. Situated in the upper thorax near the throat, the thymus uh, controls, I'm, I may be saying that wrong, might be thymus, I'm not sure, uh, controls the rate of aging for every other um, component of a living organism, a discovery that won't be made by human doctors for several more years. But after verifying this fact with my own instruments, I performed experiments on several test mammals until I was certain my bioaccelerator field was a complete success. As you have discovered with great distress, my foe, the results were, posit were positive. Bioacceleration? You're talking about aging, but I still look the same. Exactly. For one simple reason, your thymus has been programmed to age you internally. True, while you appear to be a teenager, internally you have the physical physiology of an elderly Kryptonian. He says, that's it. That, so that's it. No wonder it's become such a strain for me every time I use a superpower. Uh, wait, wait, where is it? Um, and as long as you remain close enough for your bioradiation to affect me, he says, you've grasped my intention, Superboy. For every second I stand close to you, your internal aging continues to accelerate. Now that I have the satisfaction of watching you suffer in misery for the past several days, the moment has come for... for no, not now. They found me too soon. Another few seconds is all I would have needed to complete my avenging deed. It's not fair. I must be permitted to finish what I've begun. And they beam him up. Or actually, I think they disintegrate him. Great Krypton, he says. Within seconds of the ruthless alien's sudden demise. As soon as Trom vanished, I could feel some of my strength and stamina starting to return. It must be my own super recuperative powers repairing the damage done by this latest dose of his bioaging rays. But my supervision still hasn't regained enough power to enable me to see the revenge squad ship that must have fired that beam. Why would those revengers attack one of their own, especially when he had a terrific shot at finishing me off? And so they're up there. They did actually beam him up. And he said, at last you've returned to the fold, Trone. I'll be against your will. We've found your briefing of Superboy to be most informative. Under other circumstances, we would applaud your bioaging strategy against the Kryptonian. But you know full well the crisis we face. Oh, there's that word. And now you must tell us the antidote to undo the damage you've done to Superboy. You know better. I, I consider gaining revenge on our poem much more important than even my own survival. And uh, so they use the mind sweeper on him. The mind sweeper. Uh, no, they were playing a little Microsoft game. Um, no, not really. Uh, your physiolo physiology uh, requires a setting far more intense than you used when you scanned the mind of Earthling Pete Ross. By not cooperating, you have chosen your own method of execution. And they say, but if, uh, but if a mind sweep of that degree will result in agonizing death for Trone, he knew the price of his treachery. Hopefully, we'll exactly extract the crucial data in time to save the rest of us from an even more grisly fate. Um, so he says, so Superboy's still looking, um, you know, and he's trying to find Pete. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Pete's feeling a little chilly. The... Um, you know, he's got a, this water been uh, ice cold water that's been running under him, and he's um, and he's got a sneeze too. So uh, Superboy flies in just in the nick of time and chops up the um, um, the stalactites before they can hurt him. Uh, I do know that actually Pete in this whole entire issue uh, um, is colored with orange hair, you know, like Jimmy Olsen type orange hair. Um, so yeah, weird. Um, 
as opposed to blonde, which she usually is. So anyway, um, um, they beam this uh, thing down to into Pete's hand, uh, and it's a, a communications device. It says, Superboy, we are communicating with you from our orbiting spacecraft by, via this Earthling's vocal cords. Although our revenge squad has dedicated itself to your destruction, several, several days ago we came to Earth to call a, truth, a truce, only to discover a rebel revenger named Trone had preceded us against our orders and launched his own attack against you with his bioaging aura. His ability to restructure his molecules into a duplicate Pete Ross greatly impeded our efforts to locate him. Fortunately, we managed to, managed to lock in on the traitor before he could inflict fatal damage on you. He's been dealt with severely. And he's thinking, I can't believe I'm hearing this. One revenger stalks me for days so he can destroy me, and the rest of you do your darndest to find him and stop him from the best shot you've ever had at me. And they say, some forces in the, in the cosmos dwarf even our hatred for you. We refer to star system YK-113, where our squad's current home base is located on a planet revolving around a doomed sun, a sun so, so unstable, it will soon explode into a supernova. This nova will, will destroy not only our world, but the other inhabited ones in that, spe that uh, sector of space. Although you would find our destruction desirable, we, would, we know you would not allow the same fate to befall other innocent races. And he says, yes, I vowed to preserve all life, even that of my enemies. So basically, they continue this. Um, and um, so the idea is that it's supposed to um, uh, basically take away the uh, bioaging radiation and repair all the damage. He says, how do I know I can trust you? My x-ray vision shows only alien circuitry. I can't understand. He says, you must trust a superboy, considering the billions of lives at stake. Is there any alternative? Um, and um, so out he goes. He goes past the, uh, the, the their ship and keeps going. And, um, and basically what it is is... Uh, they say, uh, rejoice, fellow Avengers. The Kryptonian ignores us as he accelerates into deep space towards star system YK-113. His supervision must have concerned, confirmed the unstable condition of our sun. Truly inspirational, incorporating our minuscule solar detonator into the traitor's device. Ironic, is it not? Despite Trone's efforts to betray us, his bioaging apparatus has inadvertently solved our problem. We had every facet of the plan worked out except how to project our microdetonator into the core of our sun with Superboy. All that's left for us to do now is to pursue him and wait for the catastrophe that shall be our salvation. And um, so he gets there, and yeah, the sun, it's not looking good. Um, and so he flies into it, and they say, well, looks like he's begun his plunge into the sun. Uh, observe, he's just entered the core. It's time to activate the detonator. A microcharge is all it will take to start the chain reaction we have been awaiting so long. And um, so, yeah, he realizes this thing is going to happen. And uh, out he goes with the uh, detonator, and he, and um, and away it goes, and it works! Yay, everyone wins. Um, so yeah, so Superboy has emerged unscathed, and now he's coming after these guys. Uh, he says, "Your world is safe, although the yellow rays are cooler than your volatile blue rays. The, uh, the increase in solar mass will compensate for the difference." I've, you've got Tron to thank for your survival. I delayed using his bioaging device, thinking it might serve as an emergency weapon and a backup plan. But when the Nova uh, erupted early, I turned the device on myself, transmitting the bioaging bio radiation from me into the solar core. He says, it's a long shot, but if the chain reaction can multiply the intensity of these rays, they will instantly age the core of the sun as they aged me. And they did. The instant passage from a blue star to an older yellow star stabilized the solar core. 
the result, the sudden aging bypass the Nova stage. So for this one time, Revengers, we part in peace. But I warn you, if you come to Earth again bent on trouble, I'll give you a lot more than you bargained for. They say, bah, he was not aware of our true motives and still he managed to thwart us. I think the idea was basically to, um, yeah, the idea was essentially to, um, you know, to tell him, yeah, discharge it yourself, blah, blah, blah. And, um, uh, but the idea was that it wouldn't work out so well for, for Superboy. And it did. Um, so they said, who would have thought we'd find a means of transforming a, a potential disaster into a glorious, uh, uh, rebirth. Little does Superboy expect that the analysis of our son's unique uh, radio radiation spectrum told us. If, if our findings suggested that if we could find a way to lure him in, in the, into the sun while the explosion took place, his Kryptonian su super molecules would have a unique effect on the solar flare-up. And so basically, yeah, it was supposed to kill him. It didn't work. Um, anyway, so they say, well, this time we vow to carry on, even if it has to be as a Superman revenge squad to kill the Kryptonian. So there we go. Um, I'll do these issues. There's a couple of... Um, dilate stories but I'll, I'll do those another time and I uh, just wanted to uh, give a, a, a short one here um, a happy Thanksgiving to all of our uh, Canadian listeners uh, for the rest of you happy Monday and uh, so comments as always are welcome legion of substitute podcasters at gmail.com you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page which can be found at uh, facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com we are on the Twitter we are LOSP podcast and in addition to all those things you can head over to our website legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com where you can leave a comment on this or any episode and with that we make our way back into the time bubble and we will see you all next week <laughs>